Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. Welcome back to another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman, and with me today is not Marion Gilman. I'm joined by our, by our Director of Financial Planning, Christian Karcher. How are you today, Christian? I'm doing well. Good morning, Mark. And, and why are you here today? I'm here because Marion is enjoying the very nice, lovely Mediterranean weather of Sicily. So, she is. So we're, we're stuck here with uh, the fall cold, and although this weekend it's supposed to be quite nice, I hear Saturday it's going to get into the mid to high 70s. 70s to 80s, geez. I mean, I thought the summer was over, but you know, we, we've had a, it's, it's funny that it's gonna be nice this weekend when you consider the fact that all summer long it's rained on the weekends. Right. Yeah, but it's gonna be beautiful. I will tell you the place that I would wanna stay away from this weekend because it's gonna be beautiful is Salem, Massachusetts. Absolutely. I, I will be staying way down in Boston uh, and, and not coming coming up to the North Shore this weekend. That is for sure. Yeah, this is the weekend that leads into Halloween. And if you didn't think Salem was already chaotic, try getting to Salem when it's 75 and 80 degrees and sunny. Oh, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near that place this weekend. So, but... So here we are, Christian. It's you and me in the studio, and we've got a different kind of a topic. You know, we generally talk about financial advice in a, in a language you can understand. And um, this past week, I was hanging out with my daughter Mindy and with some friends and my wife, and they brought up this concept of something called girl math. And I'd really never heard this concept before. And then we're in the office on Monday, and I said, hey, what do you want to talk about this weekend? on the show and what did you say i said hey have you ever heard about girl math mark and and it was like where did that come from it's is that the new topic so um i've got some thoughts around that but i know you do as well christian so perhaps you can help us understand where this girl math thing comes from sure girl math so this is something with people more my generation have been talking about this online and it's a series of rules that people have developed. They put it under the term of girl math, but it's a it's a way to justify um, some money spending um, and some money decisions um, just kind of internally in your own mind. So for example, um, if you go to Starbucks, but you've already loaded up your card on your phone, so you've got $10 on your Starbucks phone app, you go in, you scan it, you get your coffee, you leave, that's free coffee. You've already paid for it, it, it got paid for in the past, so it's free. Another great one would be if, if you've got, uh, you bought a new jacket at, at TJ Maxx and you go to return it. When you return it, you're making money because you're getting that money back. Or, or if you swap it out for something else, you're not spending any money. So so I'm sitting here, I, mean, I have this, this look of puzzlement on my face here. Um, but uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are listening to this podcast and going, well, well, yeah, uh, that, that, that makes sense. And it, it reminds me of when my wife would go shopping, whether it's at Macy's or Nordstrom or wherever. And she says, Mark, I got the best deal on this dress. It's normally priced at $400, but I got it for $80. Think of all the money I saved. 
Right. And, and I'm like, you weren't going to spend $400 for that dress in the first place. So how does that saving money? I don't get it. But I think that's part of the whole girl that, math. That is absolutely. And so they've just put a, an official title over something that I'm sure people have been doing for a very long time. Uh, because people do this in their own mind. They say, you know, I've got my own way of accounting for money or thinking about money. I know in past we've talked um, on the radio, I think this was a few years ago, about how even different generations view different types of money differently. So people in my generation, when we get cash, we think of cash as just like a gift card. It doesn't count. It doesn't show up on a spreadsheet where uh, the older generation sees cash as real money and the credit card is just a, a swiping thing. So it's it's really fascinating. Yeah, it is interesting you say that because I remember talking about that on the radio where you know, we, we ask people, certainly when we do our financial planning work here in the office, we try to get an understanding of what your income is, what money is coming into the house so we can understand what your expenses are to see what you're saving, et cetera. And so maybe you make as a couple, maybe you make $100,000 um, as, as a couple, and so you have seven or $8,000 that's coming into the household, and we try to track where it's all going, and I said, well, does any other money come in? Well, well my parents give us $5,000 every year at Christmas, and they don't consider that as money that comes in right. as part of their money that's coming in to help them cover their expenses. Well, if mom and dad stopped giving you that $5,000, that would really screw up your cash flow, wouldn't it? And, and the answer is yes, but no one ever thinks of it that way. And it, I think the same thing happens on the expense side where you say, where someone looks at it and goes, okay, this is what my mortgage costs. This is how much we spend on food every month. This is the car payment. This is the insurances. I spend about $4,000 a month. And then you flip through their bank statements and you say, well, what about this? And they go, oh, well, we needed uh, the furnace repaired there. And, and the week before, oh, we needed a new kitchen table. And, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, every month you're having two to $3,000 of additional expenses. We should probably factor that well in. Uh, and I and I think as you're saying this I'm thinking to myself of all the different types of subscription programs that we've signed up for and that's the big thing now is you know whether it's Netflix or Hulu or your Peloton membership or whatever else it is and you sign up for a monthly membership and it's just automatically pulled from your credit card and so you don't think that that's an expense that you have every month because it's been forgotten Right. You, you think about the credit card bill that comes each it year. It has maybe $2,000 every month, but you don't think about all those individual costs underneath it. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm always amazed at how people try to compartmentalize and try to structure money. Well, one of the best, best examples is when I ask people, and you've seen this many mm -hmm. times, Christian, we'll ask people, well, how much money do you think you spend every month? And they'll say, well, maybe I spend 5,000, 6,000 a month or whatever. And so when we're trying to do the financial planning work and we're trying to figure out how did they get to five or $6,000, we realize they forgot about the mortgage payment that they make. Right, and sometimes the mortgage payment, they think, well, I, my spending is what's on the credit card bill, not all the stuff that comes out as an auto draft out of my bank account. Right, and, and that's so wrong. So what more can you tell us about this girl math thing that just, I, I hate calling it, that, you know, look, we're, we're, we're in a world today right now where everything has to be so politically correct. And now all of a sudden we're naming something with girl attached to it. Well, right. Yeah. But this is what the, the kids are calling it these days. Um, that includes and the kids me. get to decide whether it's OK or not. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that is how it works. <laughs> what I think is really fascinating is, you know, there's, there's all these mental accounting things. And sometimes like girl math, it can lead to maybe some excess spending or extravagant spending. Uh, but I think these mental tricks, there's a few of them that really um, help 
uh, foster good financial habits. Um, like contributing to um, your 401k through work automatically through your payroll, you never see the money and it doesn't even feel like you're saving. So that's a good example of where you can kind of use these mental um, tricks to make positive financial right. decisions. Right, so we usually usually use the term or the expression, the money you, don't, money you don't see is money you don't spend. So when you can set up automatic strategies, whether it is your 401k plan, maybe it's funding a Roth IRA, maybe it's saving money on a monthly basis, just dollar cost averaging into an investment strategy, if you're doing it automatically and it's being pulled right from your bank account, it's money you don't see mm -hmm. and it's money you don't spend. Absolutely. So is that that kind of falls in that as well. But but what else? What are some of the other things that you hear that are girl math items that you just kind of, I shake my head and go, really? That's how we're accounting for this? Oh boy. I mean, there are some, there are some ones, I, I use some of the basic examples where you can kind of go, oh, that makes sense. I mean, I'm looking at a list here. Um, uh, boutique gym classes, are a $45 investment because it costs less than therapy. All right, let me get this right. So if I go to gym, if I go to the gym class, yep. I'm actually saving money because it's good for my mental health and it's avoiding me from having to go to mental health classes or hiring a therapist. However, however, I'd argue that is like, but doesn't insurance generally co cover the? Uh, well, I, I mean, the, 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 you know, there's all different ways around it. So, so here, here's the deal. My daughter and I use Mindy as an example here again, and her friends are going to London in June. They got tickets to go see Taylor Swift in June. Okay, now Mindy's a fanatic over Taylor Swift. The 27 years old, I still don't understand how she can be a fanatic about this, but she's doing it. So. So she's already bought her tickets. She's paid for the tickets. Mm -hmm. And so she was with two of her friends this weekend and they're arranging airfare and hotel and getting that all straightened out this week or this past week. And she says, yeah, she says, I'm doing it now because when we actually go in June, it'll be like we're going for free. Yes. Yeah, and that, that is the concept of girl math. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> You're still paying for it. Well, has, has she tried to justify it? Because I know that she got, uh, over in the UK, they've got a different ticket system. So she didn't have to pay some of the exorbitant ticket price. No, she I mean, didn't. It's still a good price. But maybe she can even say, you know, I saved that ex that difference between a US ticket and a, and a London ticket. And now that's paying for my flight. I, I guess. And that's I, that's how the, I guess. the justification to, to goes. To me, the way you save money is you stop using the ticketing services to buy your ticket and go stand in line at the box office and actually pay the face value you, for a ticket. You know, it was so funny. So I, I've lived in Boston for seven years and um, I have never been on one of the duck boat tours. Mm -hmm. Even when people came to visit, they're kind of expensive. And so we've never done it. And this weekend, our friends and us said, okay, we're gonna do a duck boat tour. We're gonna do it Saturday when it's nice out. We go to order the tickets online and there is a $15 internet convenience fee associated per with person right any but not per person it's per an order so okay. we ended up ordering all six tickets at once only paying one fifteen dollar convenience fee instead of each of us but fifteen dollar internet convenience fee so that i didn't have to walk across the gilmore bridge and go to the little booth and order our tickets and and, and so that the so so here's the other thing and you and i we, we've joked about this before i don't know about those that are listening i would bet if you're listening to this show and you're over the age of 50, I'm gonna guess that you have never ever paid for DoorDash. And, I think that's probably a good guess. All right, and, but if you're under the age of 50, and you are, Christian. I am. Have you ever paid for DoorDash? 
I, I have. Of course you have. I, I, I because you're too damn lazy to go to the store and pick it up yourself. But you know what? Every time that I've ever DoorDash anything, I usually don't go to the store. It's usually we're ordering from uh, like a wings place or a pizza place and they don't have their normal delivery service. So it comes through DoorDash and every time it takes way longer than it should. And every time I look at the, the itemized receipt at the end and I go, wow, they just doubled the cost of my chicken wings. See, I, I remember the days when we could order pizza, have it delivered, and I'd tip the guy at the for delivering the thing, but there was no additional cost. The pizza guy just delivered the pizza. It was, that was it. There was no service fee, no convenience fee, no DoorDash fee, not, the the fees just drive me nuts. And, and I'm gonna say it's your generation that has become very comfortable with these service fees and the well, tipping and everything to, else they, that goes along well, with it, Well, right? because people started tacking them on, and what am I going to do? Not well, yeah, pay you the know, fees? <laughs> well, you know, your, your generation is also famous for rallying and protesting and everything else, so so why don't you protest fees? Uh, I, I wish I could. I, I'll see if I can get some I'm not people blaming together. You. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, not wait, blaming you. No more fees. I can get a big flag. I no. can go stand in Copley Square. Right. and so, so it's funny, yeah. So thousands of people will stand out in, in Copley Square or whatever and protest against something, but but they won't protest again, but they say they can't get out of their house to go pick up their takeout order. Well, that, that is a good question. <laughs> you know, I I would say maybe those aren't the same people, but I think some of them are. So, so absolutely. So enough. no, no, I'm not, you know, look, we, we joke around, um, but you know, we're all about trying to find proper, trying to give you financial advice in a language you can understand. And, and everybody, everybody who spends money spends it differently. We all rationalize and justify how we spend money on certain things. Uh, um, if, if if there was if there was one thing, Christian, that you would say you splurge and spend money on, that is just most people would say this is ridiculous that you spend money on these things. What might that be? Can you think of anything? Well, I I think it's a splurge, and and some of my peers think it's a splurge. The older generation does it, but I, I splurge every fall on YouTube TV to stream my college football games and. NBA network, all, all the all the streaming services for my sporting events. I think that's what I splurge on, and I'm saying I'm willing to spend the money on this because I want to watch them. Yep, and <laughs> and it's funny as much as everybody's got something. I splurge on expensive clothing, and I was never. It must be because I was brought up just the opposite. Mm -hmm. You know, when we were brought up, the only place we ever shopped for clothes was Ann and Hope. That's where my mother would take us. We would go down to the Liberty Tree Mall, and if the jeans were more than $20, we weren't buying them. You know, you bought the cheapest pair of sneakers you could find. You bought the socks when they were on sale, underwear when it was on sale. And now today, when my kids hear that I just spent $250 for a pair of jeans, they think I'm insane that I spent that, yet they're willing to spend ridiculous amounts of money on ATM fees and transaction fees and DoorDash fees and all that other kind of stuff. So we all spend money differently. There is no right or wrong. And that's one of the biggest things that happens when you come to a firm like Friedman Financial. People worry, oh, you're gonna yell at me for spending money on this or that. What really happens, Christian? Really, we look at your spending and say, this is what you're prioritizing. Now, if, if you're spending a bunch of money on something that you absolutely hate or aren't using, maybe we'll say, What's this about? But realistically, what we want is that your spending matches up with what your priorities are. So if you're giving a bunch of money um, to a charity that you love, we're not going to say, why are you giving all the money to the charity? Or if you're giving money to your children, we're not going to say, why are you doing that? Or if you're spending extravagantly on your vacations and travel, we're going to say, that's great. 
can we continue to uh, do that in the future? And what does that look like um, from a, a macro level to say, can we continue to meet your spending needs with what you've saved up? Absolutely. We, we're not trying to tell you what you should stop spending money on because there is no right or wrong answer for that. However, if you are spending more money than what's coming into the household, then we have to give you a number of what you have to figure out. Maybe you're spending $2,000 a month more than you should be. Right. Now, that's up to you to decide where you want to cut back. And oftentimes, what do we find, Christian, when we tell people that they need to cut back on a few things? Where do they think they can solve their problem? So they always think that like it's the small things. And it's all, and funnily enough, when it's a, it's a married couple, it's always the other person's stuff. Right. So Not husband will go, oh, she needs to stop getting her nails done. Or the wife will say, well, he goes golfing twice a week. It's not usually the small expenses. It's usually looking at the bigger expenses and saying, you know, this car payment is very large. Why is that? When will it get paid off? Things like that or big uh extravagant vacations or big expenses where you're spending a lot of money at once, that's where you can make the biggest dent in. Uh, yes, yeah, and I, I think one of the biggest changes when people that are really overspending and it's the hardest thing to swallow is that oftentimes they've paid too much for their their home, mm -hmm. their living arrangements, etc. that the house was more than they should have purchased, the mortgage is too high, the ongoing maintenance, whether it's property tax, insurance, lawn care, plowing, all of that stuff is adding up. Those are the things that are making it more expensive. But the thought of you taking care of those things, cutting your own grass or shoveling your own driveway mm -hmm. or making more dinners at home rather than going out, um, those are the things that people are less willing to do. They go, well, maybe I won't get Starbucks as much. <laughs> That's not the solution. It's the bigger things. Absolutely. And so that's what we call financial advice in a language you can understand. And Christian, today you talked a little bit about girl math. Yeah. And uh, what that concept is. And um, I still shake my head when my <laughs> when my wife and my daughters justify it with I, they had a, well Mindy started using the term girl math this past week. Jessica brought it up to you, I know, and you've heard this term around, around your friends. Yeah. It's there, but. We just have to be responsible. Um, and at the end of the day, when it comes to preparing for your financial future, the one who's in charge, who has the greatest control of managing your financial future is you. I mean, you can blame everybody else for the high cost of milk and the price of groceries and the cost of um, gas going up and the high price of rent or houses. It's up to us to figure out how do we want to manage the lifestyle that we have based upon the income that comes into the house to meet those needs. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for us today. If now is the time for you to get serious about your financial planning, we hope you'll give us a call, 978-531-8108. And if you'd like to find us on the internet, you go to FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. You know how to do that. Um, if you'd like to sign up for our free weekly newsletter, almost 7,500 people are subscribed to it. It comes out every Friday at 1030 in the morning. That's going to do it for us this week. We will be back again next week with more financial advice in a language you can understand. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. During today's Dollars and Cents episode with Freeman Financial, your host may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor 
prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.